This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Igor will release their new album, Spirituality and Distortion, via Metal Blade Records. Slamming together disparate musical styles ranging from death and black metal to breakcore, Balkan, Baroque, and classical music in a manner that is unconventional and unpredictable, as it is thrilling. Igor are unlike any other act. Purchase your copy of Spirituality and Distortion now at MetalBlade.com slash Igor. Once again, Spirituality and Distortion at MetalBlade.com slash Igor. I-G-O-R-R-R. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 friends out there. This is I your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by... Hey, you handsome sons of bitches. Mm. My name is Brandon Hahn, and you could follow me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. Do and, it now. And, and I'm Sylvia. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's the Sylvia. She spells it with a Y, by the way. S Y S Y. What yeah. is that all about? That's a correct way to spell it. Ugh. Hmm, is it? I think it is the correct way. I think that's no, how you're supposed to do that. No, it's Sylvia with an I. Is, so, whoa, it's, that's, that's somebody it's, got really she'll, ethnic. She'll roll the tongue. <laughs> yeah. And kill us all care. the time. I don't care. She don't care. She don't, she don't give a shit. shit. I don't give a shit. Also, guys, make sure you follow our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. What the fuck is that all about? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, back on the show, we got Jamie Morgan from Code Orange. Really hyped to promote the new record underneath. It's coming out March 13th, guys. That's this Friday. Fantastic job. They knock it out of the park. Can't wait to get to that interview, guys. But before we do that, as always, we love to chat about the Metal Sucks news. Who are we talking about? What do you think? What do you think? I was I, that was okay, my surprise okay. for you. Okay, that was yeah. I, for for the listeners out there, I didn't we didn't know that that was coming. Yeah. So you made a punk rock news. Well, I'm not jingle. Ta- I'm not talented enough to do a metal news jingle. Okay, like, you got to you got to be like somewhat talented. Can you play it one more time? Because I actually thought something went wrong. Play it one more time. Give me the Who are we talking about? I got to tell you, I'm going to have to nix that one. (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's art. Uh, Sylvie. I'm staying relevant. I'm putting out new music. Okay, so this is true. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I really like that. Thank you, Sylvia. Okay. Well, because like we want to do, we want to know how big the dick is. No. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, dude. That's that's important too. When you are doing journalism, it goes who, what, when, where, and how big is their dick. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. That's what I learned in Journalism 101. Talk to Tom Brokaw. That's not true. That's he not said true. it. That is true. On Dateline. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't on Dateline. Oh, okay. okay. Wrong, <laughs> wrong altogether. Okay. So um, <laughs> did someone die? How big is their dick? And shut your mouth, you bitch. What was the last yeah, no, thing? Okay. Let's, not one, again. One, we don't, one, I don't yeah, want no, anybody to hear this. Play, play it again. Play it okay. again. Play it again. Who are we talking about? Give me the fucking Did someone die? Okay. How big is their dick? Tom broke off. 
the stupid bitch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. me, I'm the yeah. stupid bitch because I'm giving the news. I didn't mean for it to sound like that, but yeah, <laughs> that's, just that just happened. I just was, I was, I was full of teenage angst at the age of forty, and I wanted to yell, yell at you, who's the propaganda machine. I'm like, give me the news, you stupid bitch. There's nothing. There, there's nothing personal. Okay, maybe I'm not loving it because a, I didn't know you did that, and you just played it right here live on the show without me knowing. B, the 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 dick joke was over my head, and it wasn't a joke. It's, it's an ins- it's like, dude, you're come curious. On. Look, that person is a serial killer. How big is their dick? All right. Hey, so when's a new album coming out? How big's your dick? Just f- fucking throw it in there. Who oh, are yeah. we interviewing today, by the way? <laughs> oh, you have already coronavirus? Said that. Yeah. I already said that. Yeah. Ja- Jamie Morgan from Code Orange. Jamie. Let's no, go. don't. don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> How big's your dick? Hey, look, buddy. Okay, so, <clears throat> well. How would you feel? First time listeners. I couldn't imagine. You can fast forward. Uh, Jamie will be on in about uh, minute hmm. 20. I couldn't imagine <laughs> if somebody like just flat out asked me that in an interview. Like, you know, it's happened. Mm-mm. I mean, it's like, now I'm not talking on this show. That, I'm just talking about. like an about, actual person yeah, like, interviewing my, my friend, person. that is what you like to call like sexual harassment or some sort of thing. Uh, why would someone be able to say that to a male? But imagine that same question for a female. Well, what well if you I can't was st- ask a female that because they don't have dicks. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. How long's your clit? Doesn't make sense, dude. I mean, oh, even Jesus. though even even though everybody's got different depths of clit, I, I'm going to blame myself for continuing on this conversation. I knew where it was going. And it was. Hey, can we try a different jingle? Uh, nixing a. No. You can keep the punk rock. You know what? I'll let the listeners do that. Rise to offend at gmail.com. If you guys like Brandon's news jingle about. Okay. That I will, I will Fine. accept. Fine. I, I am. Fine. I, I live in a democracy, therefore I am. I live by demo, democratic rules. Fine. And if people do that, fine. Fine. <laughs> fine. You two are good. You guys want it. You know, Jocelyn wants it. Yes. So I'm the only person that thinks that that is awful. No. Well, no. Not, okay, that is no, no. art, sir. Thank you. A lot of people probably think it's awful. Let's not be totally. <laughs> Brandon will do anything to sabotage the show. No. What? <laughs> no. I carry this show. It does. I know it. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just going to kind of walk away from all that. Let's go to the Metal Sucks News. Let's find out how uh, first story with the big dick is. I think the main story this week, and there's like 15 of these, is all these tours getting canceled by the coronavirus. Oof. South by Southwest canceled yep. by the coronavirus. Now, I did some some statistical reading, oh. if, if I oh. may. Research. this guy, Mr. Numbers Journalism. over here. Now, um, I just want you guys to know that in America, where there's 370 million people, okay? Mm-hmm. So there, there have been 220 cases as of today, but then I saw on the the, the news that there was a thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't okay. know. That was a news on a website, so I'm like, okay, let's just go with the website news that mm-hmm. just happened right now. So there's a thousand cases. One person died. It was an older older gentleman. You know, rest of that, that's sad for sure. I'm not saying anything negative about that. Um, quite a few people have survived it, um, but. The survival rate is way higher than the death rate. Yeah, yes, in America. In no, America. I'm not talking the world. We're just talk- I'm just looking at American stats. Yeah, we're not talking isn't... about like places in third world countries where they're drinking poop water. You know what I mean? This yeah, is a different answer. Sure. What? But I'm assuming the, the people who are surviving are roughly our age, right? From what I understand, like if you're going to survive the coronavirus, uh-huh. you have to have a big dick. So oh. that's... What if you don't? That was not a then, good. That was not a good. Job. If, then you're dead. What if you? You're so dead. the point is, is that we do live in it. We do live in a time of of panic, panic, yes. panic, of fear, fear mongering and mass selling hysteria. mass hysteria. We do live in a time now. I'm just doing some numbers here. I'm not trying to say people are being hysterical right now, but let's just say we are at a thousand people infected. Let's just say that's the number. Mm-hmm. Three hundred seventy million people are here. 
why are we canceling South by Southwest? Well, because that's where things like that would spread. I mean, is it? It is technically an airborne virus. Okay. So I understand why we have to keep everybody away mm-hmm. from one another, but at the same the time, the mortality rate so far we have one. And, and again, we're not going to have like old people at South by Southwest. It's, it's all going to be yeah, people, it's going to be a bunch like of young 20s. hipster pieces yeah. of garbage. But I mean, it's like <laughs> tell me if I'm being the asshole because in a way I, I'm selling you know outbreak or contagion or whatever your guys's modern day fear mongering movie of uh, uh, mine's the, outbreak. I outbreak. Use, I that's think the out, right? I think about the outbreak monkey. So the the thing is, is that like, are, is it are we overreacting a little bit here? Yes. Culturally? Yes. Okay. But we the thing are. is, though, is it's not like the other countries aren't overreacting i mean they they're canceling huge soccer games yeah. they're talking about no, canceling no, no, no. laker everybody I mean, it's not just us yeah, it's, it's everybody everybody canceling. is and look i understand it's a world health epidemic if i may but but my thing is though is like let's just say it does spread and we all have to get it and fight it you mm-hmm. know i mean it, it is going to be one of those darwin types of things mm-hmm. where it's like only the strong survive yeah. so uh i don't think we should just go, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just whoever lives lives. Everybody, come on out. Oh, you know, what I mean, I'm like, not saying that. I'm saying if we, but I, all I'm saying is, though, is they probably done enough research to go. Look, this can get serious. We have to handle this with kid gloves. I understand the idea of mass hysteria. I don't think we've reached mass hysteria. It's not like the grocery stores are getting looted for toilet paper. You know what I mean? If you and watch water. any news channel right now, it's like. At a ninety minutes, seventy-five minutes on the coronavirus, well, because, it's pretty yeah. hysterical. But well, that's because then, because people, that's what the news sells. All the news know. does sell is fear. Well, and toilet paper has been like selling out. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. I've seen all of that. I actually tried to get some uh, Purell, like some hand sanitizer, and they were completely out of no, that. No, forty-seven dollars on Amazon. They're, 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 that's what that's what I mean. It's hysterical. Right. Insanity. Yeah, yeah. People are selling it for like an obscene amount of money. So. It's affecting, obviously, the scene. It's affecting a lot of bands. They're, they're canceling their tours. They don't want their fans sick, which I get and all that stuff. Well, dude, Sylvia's getting ready to sing some because she sings. Yeah. For those yeah. of you that don't know, uh, she's getting ready to do a gig, and she was talking to a friend of hers, and she was like, she, I'm going to stay home. She was like, oh, I'm going to stay home. I don't think I'm going to be going out anytime soon, and uh, they should cancel that yeah, event. Yeah, there's like, at the I'm venue like, at the venue she's talking about, it's probably, a, you could hold 20, 30 people max, you know what yeah. I mean? I think we could pick out who the outbreak monkey is out of that whole group, you know <laughs> I mean, like who's the host organism? That person coughing, yeah, with but, open source. But if the news is people watching, there's a lot of people that just watch news all day, and if they just get that beat into their head, dude, the fear is going to be there. It's unfortunate. I hope a lot of bands don't cancel their tours. I I don't want people to get sick and die, obviously, but I mm-hmm. just feel like I think we're going to be like this for the next couple of months. Yeah, I, I think I think if you're looking down the line, I think if you're going to cancel your tour it, that takes place in September, or October, I think you're dumb. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, that's an overreaction. How bad was it with like the Ebola and the Zika that's what I'm getting virus? Because like I don't remember it SARS. Being... I don't remember people can't maybe, maybe in like no, China, they didn't. But I'm talking about America. SARS, chicken. I mean, SARS and chickenpox. No, <laughs> chickenpox. <laughs> SARS, chicken bird nuggets. flu. Uh, you know exactly Ebola. Uh, Zika virus, Zika, swine flu, swine flu. Like I all don't these remember things. it being like it was never this, this crazy. bad. Okay. It was never this bad, and that's why I think this is a little bit different. But again, I do also believe it's because we're living in an age of twenty-four hour news. Yes, social media wasn't as prevalent as it was back then, and nothing spreads fear more than social media. But then also, like you see the jokes too. So it's like you're being crammed even more with the yes, coronavirus. Right. The jokes as well. And news is entertainment now, so it's a little different. So they have to, like fear is something that you sell for horror movies and things like that to keep you interested. So if, if news has to be 24 hours on, it's got to be entertaining, just like sports channels. By the way, yeah. remember when I was asking, did someone die in my 
news song. Yeah. We're talking about that right now. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get on. to the dick. Eventually. Hmm. Okay. We'll get to it. I don't right. want to hear it again. I'm, we played it three times. Okay, right? I understand. No, 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 I, look, 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 I get it. I totally get yeah, it. Can so. you play it? Okay. Can you please? So next topic, Pete. Give me the fucking <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to tease him. Fucking let it go. <laughs> let it well, happen. It's, 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 it's seven seconds too long. Go. Next topic I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, Randy Bly from Lamb of God gave a real brief comment on Chris Adler's departure. Pretty much he didn't say anything when you read the article. It was on the Eddie Trunk show. But he pretty much said, like, well, uh, you know, we moved on. Art Cruz is doing a great job. They're new drummer. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, we as journalists, if we may, I don't, oh. I don't know if I'm allowed to call myself a journalist. No, you're not. I like to have conversation <laughs> with metal bands and, and, and support their records is, is all I am, really. But the point is is that we as people that do bring this to the mass, because we do have a lot of listeners, the point is is that um, how do we avoid questions like that? Like, that's a question I couldn't avoid. Uh, I can't why say why like, is Chris Adler not in the band. Well, I think I, I mean on this new cycle, you got a new drummer. It's it's but you know what news, though, right? because I think that he's in a situation. I think legally, it doesn't it doesn't sound like it was a mutual departure. I mean, a departure, departure. a departure. Yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it's a mutual departure. It sounds like they're trying to keep everything cool. They're trying to handle this amicably. You know, I get that, but. Uh, I understand why he would shuck the question because, look, man, again, what we're doing right now, we're trying to read into his words. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, oh, he's trying to get to the bottom. Oh, God. You know, look, sometimes sometimes it's just better to keep your mouth shut. Sometimes it's better. That's one thing I don't like about the news and, and Twitter and all this other stuff. Yeah, Entertainment about, yeah. is it's like, speak your mind. Well, no, because nowadays, the more you speak your mind, the more you hurt your cause. And yep. everybody knows how important Chris Adler was to Lamb of God. So what's he going to do? Go out there and shit on him and just destroy him and mm-hmm. then ruin ruin that connection with their fan base? What if there were fans that loved Lamb of God just for Chris Adler? Now, I don't I don't think that's just the case. I mean, I think they're an incredible band no matter what, but you don't want to you don't want to burn that bridge. And again, what happens if he comes back? Those reunions and stuff like that, that's a selling point if he if he does want to come yeah, back. Yeah, I don't want to make it awkward either. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. They, they they're probably gonna do some sort of like twenty fifth Ashes of the Wake with Adler. That's that's good. Yeah, dude. Uh, I I'm I'm kind of like that. I try to avoid those well, I'm just questions saying, like, when I interview people. I really do. But then anytime I do, people call me out on it. No, Why don't you I, I bring this that. up because I have respect and uh, I I don't think he wants to talk about that shit. Well, you know? so. the bottom line is is when they go, why didn't you bring this up? It's because other people have mm-hmm. and they got a dog shit answer. Like they just got on this. Yeah. They don't say anything. They just shuck the question, and then then it's awkward after that because then as an interviewer, you're showing, just like you said, they're like, this guy's disrespect me. This guy doesn't respect me as a person. He's just mm-hmm. tra- he's just trying to do whatever it takes to pl- to appease the masses. And-, and I've seen it where the guys shut off in interviews. Like the after people, like a question that they don't want to After a question answer. or two, which yeah. uh, luckily, dude, I don't know if I've ever experienced that yet. Well, but, I mean, one day I'm sure I will, but I mean, the point knock is... Knock on wood, you don't. Knock on wood. Is, I just try to have a conversation. I don't really want to read questions. My thing yeah. is this, though. If the band wants to do that, mm-hmm. okay, they will put out a press release or they will go on the Eddie Trunk show and go, uh, you could go ahead and ask me about this. Because and I'll they tell have you control the whole truth. over it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Publicists will say, stay off of this topic. Yeah, stay off the, yeah, yeah exactly. So they'll stay off the topic. When they want to tell everybody they, they want actually, a villain but no what i'm saying yeah. is though is when they want to tell everybody the the inside scoop mm-hmm. they'll they'll tell it in a book yes you know what i mean though if they want to get money that's out what of i'm it. saying if you could if you could <laughs> sell your story hold on to it of course 
So, and the next thing I want to talk about is because uh, Rob Flynn from Machine Head. I, I I'll say it. I'm I'm been a huge Machine Head fan. Okay, my whole life. I, I feel like the all the records, uh, including Supercharger, what people hated. I didn't hate Supercharger. I, I, I like all the records except for the last one. Catharsis, I thought was super bad. I thought it was an awful record. Uh, and I'm just being honest with that. But I'm a fan, and I'm not. I'm going to support him. I bought the singles that he uh, they put out, Do or Die, and the other one. Um, Question: Going back to the last couple, didn't of like our, those songs. But going go back to the last couple of episodes where you and I were arguing about relevance, is it better to be relevant mm-hmm. with a new dog shit, dog shit, dog shit record like you just said, mm-hmm. or? Is it better to just hold off until you can put out something better? I feel that if you're looking for a different fan base, then you just have to be honest. That's it. And I think Rob Flynn's being honest with the music he's putting out. I'm just not. The, I'm just not a fan of it. Here's anymore. the thing: if Rob you know? Flynn wants to put out Rob Flynn music, go ahead. Just don't call it Machine Head. Well, he. Yeah, I mean, you can say that, but I think I think he's one of those guys. It's like he is Machine Head. He, no, he, I understand he is Machine Head, but, but what I'm getting at is, is like you're the fans of Machine Head are expecting Machine Head yeah. and not Rob Flynn. You know what I mean? Well, there is the, that, and that's a good point because there is completely two different eras there is like a rap rock new metal era of machine heads which Mm -hmm. is three records and then there is a i mean crushing heavy metal melodic you know era that i'm a huge fan of from through the ashes of empires on until catharsis i love every one of those records like love them the blackening unto the locust i mean diamond bloodstone and diamonds i love these records dude i think he fucking really stepped up and like is one of the most important voices in in metal for that kind of genre of that thrash whatever he does but then now he's going back to the youth of but of this rap rock stuff i want to bring this up so i was having a conversation with a dj ashba dj ashba used to be the guitar player for guns of roses yes. when slash was gone mm-hmm. and he's and he was a guitar player for 6 a.m he is in Incredible. He's not a. He's not just a guitar player. He's a composer, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got this new project coming up where he's melding a lot of uh, rock and EDM and Spanish uh, music okay. and stuff like that. It's it's this new thing that he's working on. And he was saying he's like you know in rock and metal especially they're the they're the only genres that don't branch out because their fans are like I want it this way. <laughs> so there is this there's this stagnant there's this there's this point in rock and roll right now just with popular rock and roll that's kind of stagnant right now because nobody wants to branch out into these other genres and i understand why to pete's point Mm -hmm. you know i mean like i understand because i personally am not like a rap rock guy but again but to your point again with the relevance thing it's like if he's going to double down with more rap rock on this new record he stated that he's going to cover Snoop Dogg on his upcoming uh, solo album. So it's not not his Machine Head record, but he wants to cover like Snoop, which I, I personally I, I never think it goes well. Really, to when when a when I, a when a metal or rock artist covers a hip hop no, track, I think no. it always sounds well. Bring the noise with Anthrax. And that was not it, a, them covering a song. But it was still it was still rap it was, rock. No, but it was it was them doing the song, but with metal. Yeah. Right? Okay, I'm not talking about collaborations. Okay, I'm talking about covering a song. Okay. There's a huge difference. Okay, like they wrote that song together. I like collaborations. I like the whole Judgment Night soundtrack. If we go to rap rock, I love it. But the point is, is that covering, if 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 uh, let's just say Code Orange wanted to cover uh, Dr. Dre's "Nothing But a G" thing, I would probably be like, guys, I, I advise against this. It's just gonna be weird. I would ask him first. <laughs> right? I would say, look, before you cover Dr. Dre's "Ain't Nothing But a G" thing, how big is your dick? Mm. And if it's how many times can you use the same joke in one episode? Uh, it's not even the same joke. It's an actual question. It's an actual question. Thank you, Sylvia. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. Well, sorry hmm. I'm asking what the people want to know. People. <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> How big is her dick? So anyways, um, I feel like that's going to just... Sylvia's not even a size queen, and she <laughs> wants to know. Yeah, I'm just curious. <clears throat> Jocelyn will back me up, too. I, I know. I'm alone on. I'm yeah, alone on this. Exactly. Everybody I why, sees me. I don't know why you don't Everybody want to know about the dick. Me and Wilson in the Castaway Island right now, not talking about dick sizes. Sylvia right now. had we the best point. Why do? You, why don't you want to know, Pete? So yeah. the the point is, is that Real sketchy. If, yeah. uh, You're if, jealous. I'm not trusting you. <laughs> I'm not trusting you. The fact that you don't ask these questions makes yeah. me wonder what's are going you, on behind closed doors. Are you a real journalist? <laughs> If you guys dare me to ask my next interview that question, I will have to find a very no, clever way. No, I would never. I would never <laughs> right? do it. I would to, never do it. I would never. I would to never get fired from this job. <laughs> right? I would, I'll have to find a very clever way to lose uh, everything we built. I would never <laughs> expect you to ask that question. And honestly, if you ask me if I should ask that question, I would tell you don't. Don't ask that question. Don't say how big's your dick. Be well, like, you have to ask it cleverly. Yeah, exactly. Cleverly. Yeah. Has anybody ever said you had a big dick? Would be a bigger thing you know what and I mean? then it would be like more, flatter him. yeah yeah be like oh my gosh actually the other day yeah he's like well somebody <laughs> did tell i had a big dick but they did say uh attaboy you know what i mean yeah. like like our good good hustle which i appreciated <laughs> it's fine right it's fine yeah that'll do don't ever say that yeah that'll do i learned the hard way <laughs> oh really that's oh. fine you said that's fine to a guy <laughs> just kidding. oh my god i'm just kidding b word <laughs> what's b word what do you think? Say it. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means? Someone said that's fine to Brandon. Like, it'll do. Uh, it'll yeah. do in a pinch. Attaboy. Oh. Attaboy. Yeah. It'll do in a pinch. Yeah. She, I got it. Yeah. They didn't say I had a huge dick, but they did dab the sweat off my forehead because I was trying very hard. All so, right. Aw, buddy. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, you guys have hijacked the show, totally and uh, I'm sure everybody loved it, but uh, enough. Let's get to the interview, and uh, let's, let's do that so we can, uh, I don't know, salvage whatever we have left on this episode. Body Count featuring Ice T will follow up their Grammy Award nominated album. Bloodlust with Carnivore, which is out right now via Century Media Records. Teaming back up with producer Will Putney, Carnivore keeps the momentum of Bloodlust with anger, honesty, and the worldview of none other than Ice T. Pick up the record today and check out the video for the title track Carnivore. Once again, guys, new body count Carnivore is out now. Pick it up today. And with that, let's jump into my interview with Jamie from Code Orange. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Jamie Morgan from Code Orange. We are here to talk about the new record, Underneath, which is coming out March 13th. Welcome back on the show, Jamie. I got to tell you, man, um, dude, the, the record, it, uh, it, uh, I was really, I had some high expectations, and you, you knocked it out of the park for us, so... I do want to talk awesome. about a lot of the, uh, I guess, the buildup behind it. But last time you were on the show, we had a real good conversation about uh, Peter Steele and Typo Negative and kind of that artistry. And, um, yeah. and not, I'm not talking about music-wise, but the artistry of bands like uh, Typo or Nine Inch Nails or a lot of these things. Um, at this stage in your guys' career, I mean, you're 10 years in. How important is that aspect to you guys um, when presenting anything to the world? It's really important, man. It pretty much rots my brain and it's turned me into a complete psychopath. So 
it's definitely important. I mean, it puts a lot of strife on like people in the band in terms of, you know, we do a lot of this stuff ourselves or pretty much all of it, you know, so whether it was like the countless hours spent on the layout between Reba and myself or Shade and I like designing everything, Shade trying to like making that glass font on the front or, you know, it's just, uh, it's like kind of like a constant struggle, but it feels so good. We actually, it's, it's weird you say that because we just got the records in today mm. and it's, it looks absolutely beautiful. So I'm, I'm really, really happy we put all that real extra effort into making it oh. feel just like a full on production, you know? It's such a vital thing for, I think, our genre and scene um, is to have this yin and yang of what we're holding in our hands. I'm talking about physical copy, but also the visual stuff with the music. And um, we're going to get to the actual music uh, at this point. I'm just, like I said, I, I really like the concept because from when you guys were growing up, you started the band at such a young age and you're growing up yes. in the band. And as, as people, when you've already passed the 25 year old, um, you know, Jamie compared to the 21 year old Jamie and, the art has yeah. always grown with you. So tell me about growth totally. as, a, as a human and how you put that perspectively into the presentation of, of what you guys are putting out there. Yeah. I mean, I always think about, you know, in terms of art, I always think about the records. So when we, we, you know, we originally started and then we were called code orange kids and mm -hmm. we started when we were about 14 or 15 and our first kind of official release was a demo I remember the year, I think 2000, maybe 10, and uh, we were really young, and you know, we had done, we did tapes after that, and seven inches, and it all built to this first record that we had uh, on Death Wish, right, and even then, you know, all those tapes, those seven inches, that record, it all connects art-wise, and there's similar imagery, uh, we kind of like reference stuff previous in the current record, kind of like what we're doing now, you know, and uh but it kind of built in, in that. And when that ended, I didn't really feel like I had anywhere else to go with that artistic visual kind of concept, you know? So that's kind of when we came up with the I Am King record and switching the band's name and stuff, which we obviously got flack for and blah, blah, blah. But I kind of saw this long-term, you know, not exactly how it would go, but overarching like artistic idea that we could, I think could last, you know, for the remainder of us as a band and had more, angles to go so we started building that and now i'm really happy we did because now we're on you know the third record of that era and everything has built off each other whether you know the the cover art for i am king plays into the cover art of this record and it all uh it's almost like a story that we're telling and not and not like in a way where it's supposed to be disconnected from reality and just you know you're reading a book and it's about a character but there's kind of this overarching concept that runs through all three records that, and to me that just makes it more, like you said, like, I think that's important for this kind of music in all kinds of music. It just makes things, you know, it makes it feel deeper and it, it helps you connect more with the details and makes you feel like, you know, there's not that many people that listen to this shit overall. And so I want to pay each and every one of the people that have supported us or just getting into us off with this whole, you know, world that they can step into. And so I'm glad that I feel we really are really starting to achieve that now. So I'm proud of that. And as a fan, what I love is that you do shake us though. 
you're like, no, 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 you, I don't, you, you don't know where you're going to get, but you shake us and be like, this is where we're at now. Come with us. And it, it's easy to follow opposed to, you know, kind of the same setup. As you mentioned, from I Am sure. King to Forever to Underneath, once again, guys, March 13th, if you haven't pre-ordered it yet. Yeah. It, it shook me every time the first listen. And then I had to step back and be like, all right, I got to give this some time. You know, I got to see this yeah. live. And then the whole journey yeah. gets there. But that's yeah. all the artists we're talking about. Like we're talking about Peter Steele or even Trent Reznor. You know, the journey yeah. through the the records that um, we consider classic, you know, I, I do feel live in any time frame. And that's hard for Agreed. a band, you know, um, especially in modern times where genres are kind of labels, you know. Um, Agree. And uh, for at what point of your career was it? I am king that you're like I have to break free of any label, like because you guys are considered a lot of times as a hardcore band. But at this stage, do you still feel that, or is that just kind of where you grew up? I mean, hardcore is in our soul in terms of it's shaped our whole mentality. It's taught us how to, you know, go through hurdles and work really hard at what you want to achieve with not a lot of payoff. You know what I mean? the payoff a lot of times is the energy in that room and for us that has carried us so far because we started touring i've said this a lot but you know maybe there's new people listening you know we started touring when we were 17 years old 18 years old and it's a grind we've played we've done probably more tours than anybody out there you know to no one i mean i mean there's definitely hardcore bands that compare but at least outside of hardcore you know so musically though that's never you know, we love hardcore music, and we love hard music, and we love extreme metal and metal and, and hard music. And as you can hear on this record, we like all kinds of other music, too. Uh, so it's always going to play a part, and that cathartic release that hardcore has in those moments is never going to leave this band, because we're proud of that. We don't, we're not running from it. We're not trying to, you know, this is an obviously... A, or at least I think you tell me, I think this is a much more artistic record, mm -hmm. but it has those same payoffs. It has that adrenaline, like, you know, that, those moments. And I love that about hardcore and I love that about metal too. So yeah, I think uh, hardcore is in our blood. It's taught us everything. And uh, it's definitely not in the past at all for us. It's always who we are a part of who we are. But I mean, when you listen to this record, you can't say this. You can say that lots of different elements of this record sound like different things totally. Mm -hmm. I firmly feel that the combination of elements on this record is not, it cannot be described as any band or any sound or any kind of music. So it's obviously extreme music. It's heavy music. But outside of that, I think it's going to get real difficult to say, oh, this band sounds like this. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I think we've always tried to accomplish that. And I think we finally, you know, really have on this record. So. Agree completely. You feel the thank you. You think you're an antagonist. There's anger. There's sorrow. There's love. There's hope. There's all the emotions on the 14 songs. And the band that I always said I couldn't describe really at all was Dillinger Escape yeah. Plan. And you yeah. guys played the final show with them. Um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, you guys yes, were we on did. that bill. And, and daughters. And don't forget daughters that this is another too. band. Same. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic! They put out uh, the record. God, was it last year? Yeah, it was last. But I mean, that was the first one yeah, in eight years. Yeah, think, think about that show though. The, us, that's such a <sighs> sick show. It was Dillinger Daughters? And, I mean, that was an, and we got a lot of we got a lot of hate at that show, you know. But we also got a lot of love. 
but yeah, the, yeah. I mean, sorry, finish your question. No, I no. Love, I love both those fans. But that, that's that's what I'm saying. That is some great company to be in, and, and you got to think they they knew. They're like, well, this is this. There's there. You're not going to be able to put a label on this band. Let's have them open the show. I, but if you got hate on that show, yeah. you got to think about it. that's the last Dillinger show. So I, I guess fans are just going to be impatient, right? I don't know. That's yeah. No, yeah. well, and dude, we to be honest, it mm-hmm. was weird because we went, we played that show, and like a lot of people were saying mean stuff to us online. We sold so much shit at that show. It was it was it was insane. And the show was great. But we were just getting a lot of people online being like, I saw them then and that was it. I'll never fucking see them again. You know, all this shit. So I mean, whatever, but yeah, dude, Dylan German, Greg is a guy who I talked to a ton making this record and sent lots of stuff and sent him this record early. It got his feedback and uh, I talk to him all the time. So he's a very good friend and, and mentor of mine. Nice, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that band, um, they're they're a great lesson for for the underground. You know, they're a great lesson of be yourself and you find your audience. And when you're talking about the hate online, I, dude, I'm just gonna be come from my perspective. You know, and I'm a, a metal fan. I still buy physical copies. I'm all about it. I've never said one thing to a band online. You know, <laughs> like yeah, neither have I. We're silent with <laughs> yeah, the I'll silent majority. Well, is like. Uh, <laughs> I've said things to a couple bands who said shit to us. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, no. that's a, yeah, that's about it. No, but I, I don't. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean it doesn't. It does not at all. You know, actually, we we talk a lot. We don't talk about that on this record per se of mm-hmm. being like people saying mean stuff about us online because it's like it's just such a idiotic problem to have. But we definitely talk a lot on this record about this online world that we're living in and how in the self-reflection that I think is required when you are kind of everyone's presenting a performance of themselves and then everyone else is basing their lives off of that performance. And it creates this spiraling cycle to where we are, where are we and like, what are we, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that plays into the record a lot. So I wanted to try to, I wanted to try to talk on that because that's totally something that impacts us as a band. But I think, you know, to, to a certain extent, you have to be able to, let it be what it is, you know, and you have to be able to learn from constructive criticism, but be able to brush off things that are just, you know, venomous because it, it is what the fuck it is at the end of the day. Like, what are they, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? So that's, that's always my mentality or that's what I try to try to think at least. That's, and that's the right mentality. Uh, anybody that attacks anybody, whether it be online and I don't see it in person too often because you know, it's, Nah. It's you know you know why, <laughs> but the point, sometimes in hardcore you do. Oh, that's you know what? Like, you got a good that's point. That's kind of why I like hardcore. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a little more legit. And, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I mean, and it's different now, but yeah. you know, for sure. But I mean, sometimes you know that that is something that I've always that's something hardcore taught us as well. It taught us to just you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't. I, it doesn't really weigh on my heart, which I'm I'm very grateful for, at least at this stage of my life. Absolutely, man. Yeah, the people that talk, uh, they're usually l- very little accomplished, and in essence, they're gaining something from putting someone down. And the ones that yeah. are living their own life and accomplishing and and sharing whatever beauty, anger, whatever, whatever you want to put it on there. Yeah. They don't criticize like you know uh, from a, a side profile or something. So we'll we'll move yeah, on from that, and, dude. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah, but good. well, constru- well, if it's constructive, you it's know, fair, yeah. I feel like not not comments and stuff. I, I agree with you, but if there's you know sometimes you, there's things you can constructively learn from. Sometimes I go see stuff that I said 
or even if, it, if, even if I know I didn't really say it like that, it's put like that, and, it, and people say something or mad because of that, it helps me learn something. It's like, okay, are they mad? If, if I read that, what would I think? And sometimes I go, yeah, that, I get it. You know what I mean? And it helps me learn how to speak. It helps me learn how to present my point of view in, in a way that is the way I would want to see it. Not in a way that's the way somebody else would want to see it, but in a way where I can look at it and go, okay, I'm proud of that. Fuck whatever anybody else says, you know? And then on the flip side, like, for instance, when we put the first single out for this record, we were getting a lot of heat. People saying, you're you're you so selling out and you're trying to be WWE and all that stuff. And I knew we had the second one in the chamber. Like the video was already done. And it just made me so fucking happy because everything they would write was exactly what the second one was. And I was like, you're fucked. Like you can't see, you're not going to be able to say shit. Cause there wasn't even any kind of side point. I was like, maybe there's, they're poking a hole in this and I'm not seeing it. It's like, man, we got them. So that was, that was a fun part of, internet shit talk for us nice dude yes <laughs> isn't that crazy though they haven't heard the whole record and and the opinion yeah. the, the opinions made before the single even came out um, that's the way i think about it dude yeah i knew we'd get them though i knew we'd fucking get them and we're about to get them all so i can't wait <laughs> excellent dude i did want to bring up uh, we brought up you know nine inch nails and then uh you had chris verena nine inch nails obviously he came in and saved antichrist superstar i've said many times on the show <laughs> um oh yeah yeah he, he did oh, yeah he's, he did. Told, he's told us a lot yeah and uh he he does a lot of the he did work with you guys on this record tell me about how you met him how you got him involved all that stuff Man, he so we went. We we had been searching for someone to work with Shade. Shade had Shade had already done a lot of the grunt work in terms of creatively. It was more there was all these technical challenges because it's very difficult to try to mix electronics in the way we wanted to with the low lows and the high highs and still fit a fucking hard band in there for these parts. It takes a lot of building bricks from the bottom all the way to top, every little sonic area covered. So he needed technical assistance and, and just to grow and to be able to do a lot of technical things he needed to do of layering almost every part with these sounds that would kind of balance things out is the best way I can explain it. So we had spoke to a couple people. We'd actually spoke to the Hacks and Cloak who ended up doing the Midsummer soundtrack. And we had spoke to a couple other people and it didn't really pan out. And, I can't believe we didn't fucking think of this guy because he's like the total dream guy who we want. So we show up to Nick Raskin's studio and he's like, man, I really think, what about Chris Verena? He lives down here. I'm like, what the fuck? He lives down here? And he came down, heard this, heard the demos and he was like, I'm, I'm down for this 100%. And he's just an amazing guy. He taught Shade so much and he just leveled Shade up and did a lot of awesome technical work and gave Shade libraries of the most classic samples, man. Seriously, shit that is coveted that he's just given the shade, you know, of stuff he's made. And uh, so it was a true honor. And I actually just read an interview he did about the record and it literally almost made me tear up. It was so awesome. It was, it was, it was like, he just said it was, he, he just said he'd never heard anything like it and all this amazing stuff and it just meant a lot. So it was, it was great to work with him there. Now I do want to talk about the music real specific. We brought up I Am King forever and now underneath. And uh, yes. the song, the songs, and the growth. Now, the electronic time signatures, and a lot of the songs yeah. are very uncomfortable, and they make turns. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that voice, especially the way you guys like to present it. Yeah, so we always kind of go up and down, you know, in our tempos, and we kind of build and and 
and and take things apart. But on this record, because it was done more as like almost an orchestra of electronics and a band all together, it was built as a world that you're to walk into and be surrounded by, as opposed to like a band and some keyboards, you know? So we had to do a lot of that on the computer. So it ended up, we ended up figuring out really cool ways to manipulate those sort of things that I felt like and shade felt like, and all of us felt like kind of brought the sounds up and down in a, and, uh, and the songs up and down in, a, in an exciting way, you know, that kind of represented that roller coaster. We try not to do anything just to do it, even though I'm sure some people who hear it will think it's kind of just random, whatever. But it's all very calculated. So we try to make you we're just trying to make people feel certain things. And that's just another technique to, to help do that. That's not used, I think, as effectively as it could be a lot of times in heavy music. Uh, so, you know, I think we're definitely different than a band like. Well, you know, then a, then I was talking about Dillinger, then mm-hmm. some of the heavy Dillinger songs. I think the Dillinger rock songs are that are in the pocket. Th- those are a totally different story. But, you know, the heavy Dillinger songs are really scattershot, and it's crazy time shooting time. I think we kind of take a different approach, for sure. And it's more pull- pushing and pulling rhythms but and grooves. But, uh, yeah, I think we use it as a tool. Now that tool for the live show, though, when I'm listening to the record, I, I did feel like a lot of these could have that a, a visual element. When we bring up bands like Dillinger or even Nine Inch Nails or whatever, yeah. there is a, a yeah. light show. There's a lot of backlit things. There's a lot of things that I, when I've seen you guys, you know, you guys yeah. are more just kind of in your face. Let's get this aggression going. Let's go. But for this record, yeah. are you going to reconsider maybe or try some new stuff on the stage show? Yes, we are actually, and. uh Obviously, we're still growing, and we don't have a ton of resources, mm-hmm. but any little step we take, we try so damn hard to, you know, make it. We're trying to bring, like, a little mini arena show into a club. I mean, that's our hope, to the point where we will make zero money because of it. But I'm very, uh, you know, excited to show that. So, yeah, we have a screen element and really cool lighting element, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. We've been really working hard on it, honestly, and I'm excited. That presentation is going to make those songs live, dude. Just I, I, I don't know budget-wise, but I'm telling you, you're doing the right thing. That's all I'm saying from the I think I think you're right. I think you're right. And we decided that a long time ago. We said, whatever we got to do, let's just do it. We have to do it. And I think it's important. So Absolutely. You did bring up uh, Nis- Nick Raskalinitz. Did I say it right? Yes. Perfect. I, yes. I've, I've practiced that a few times. Um, and you did Good. co-produce <laughs> this with him. Um, and the previous yes. records that everybody knows with, with Kurt Ballou, but uh, Nick, he's worked with Foo Fighters, Deftones, Corn, like he's he, Allison Chains. You know, a lot of bands that have a signature sound, and he's always kind of gotten something original out of them. You know, tell me about him as a Definitely. producer um, in comparison to maybe someone like Kurt. Yeah, I mean, it was a totally different process. We spent so much more time on this record. So by the time we met Nick, we had already done. 16 fully fleshed out demos where we mixed them we had all a lot of the sonic stuff you hear things flying across the headphones and this and that that was mapped out in the demos that was part of the songwriting process you know so when we gave it to nick and we worked with will on those demos also we worked on vocals with him and he gave us great input will yep or one one of the main producers of forever also who mm-hmm. did all the vocals and electronics for forever so by the time we came to Nick, it's like we knew exactly what we wanted. We have a blueprint, and all he wanted to do was help elevate it. And that was really on this record. You know, on some records, he is a writer writing lots of the songs, uh, workshopping things. But 
he knew this was more of a scientific reporting process. We need to go in and lay this blueprint out and work every minute to make sure we can get it all done and upgrade everything, upgrade the hardware of every part of this record and beat these demos every second. So I think that was his utility and he helped us elevate elevate that a lot. When you said you mapped out the demos, but did you uh, map out the sequence of songs or was that something you guys decided? Yeah. Like, oh, you guys had it No, I mean, out. honestly, yeah. I mean, not. I'm not going to, not Nick totally, and this takes away nothing from Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick, like there was part on the song Easy Way where he helped us add, you know, a double chorus at the end of the song and mess with the bridge. And there was an, a couple parts like that, but this thing was pretty fucking mapped out. I knew where the beginning and the end were. And, you know, track list wise, I had made hundreds of fucking track lists. I mean, written down every day and did, we didn't get to the final one to the very, very, very end, but the story structure, it had to fit in a certain way. And it was like a puzzle and we got great input from him. Great input from Will, great input from people around us. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like our story to tell, and we kind of had had it mapped out a certain way. So, yeah. Now the scene, I always like to talk about the scene because I I see these bands that I want to break through mainstream wise, and 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 us as you know people in in the scene, we we yeah. some we somehow have to be a part of creating that in order for the push, right? I agree. How yeah. important, and sometimes, and this is just me. I'm not saying about the current music scene or anything like that, but sometimes. The scene and the style is more important than the music itself in order to get into the mainstream. I agree. What's, yeah. what's, what's the challenge of changing the scene to grab a bigger audience so we can give you guys this push? What do you, what do you think is the challenge there? I think it's pieces on a board. I mean, I think step one, you have to have a couple special bands that people in this world really get behind and propel but bands that are really going to push it artistically or at least do what they do very very well on our end our goal was we need to push this artistically as hard as we can so that this world doesn't have no for an an option because we had already seen with us being we're obviously i I think you would agree we're, we're like polarizing in some ways you know so like we knew that we have to come with the fucking fire if this is going to have a real chance at anything mainstream or not. So that was our step one. But in terms of the scene, I feel like it's all big uh, uh, chessboard. You need the right pieces. When those pieces move forward, the ones behind them will move forward. When a couple bands make it or start getting outside of that box and growing, the ones behind them will grow. That's how it works. That's how it works with in rap. That's how it works with everything. The bands that those bands pull up will grow. So there just needs to be a couple and they need to be on the same page. I feel, you know, so I feel like, uh, but at the end of the day, that's one of those things that you can control in some ways, but in some ways you can't. So for us, we focus on, we want the biggest platforms possible, but we also want to make the greatest possible record that we can, the greatest code orange record that there could be and try to present something new to metal that, you know, definitely draws from things people are familiar with, but is a new mixture. And I feel like that is the only way for us at the very least, I don't know about other bands, but us to cover ground in that way. We have to innovate. Mm -hmm. So I I feel, I really feel we we were doing that. So we'll have to see. I agree with that. And sometimes being first, somebody, somebody takes that formula and they, they take it and then they run with it. And that's always the thing that the innovators sometimes don't get, they get the credit, but they don't get the, the mainstream appeal. Now, um, I agree. 
Like that, that's definitely, that's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we, but, but as you, as everyone knows, we're competitive. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Dude, we'll see. I know I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about the competition, especially in, in, uh, in music. Um, especially with, with, there's so many great bands and that's the thing that I, I'm concerned with is like, how do I, there, there is like, I can just off the top of my head, you guys, Power Trip and Vane, I think are all special bands that, I mean, are part of, I agree. part of a, a generation that to me, I see a Slipknot and a System of a Down, go back five years, Corn, Deftones, whatever. The point is, is that there's bands that define generations. Yeah, I really, I really yeah. think it's important. There's different sides to it. I think mm -hmm. one, all of us got to bring it quality wise, which I think we all will. Mm -hmm. And I think also, dude, I think all the bands you've mentioned, I think all need to fucking get together and do, do a big run. You know, yes. the way that a lot of those, a lot of those freaking, a lot of other shittier eras of metal, you know, in the past 15 years have done. And it's helped them get grow in popularity a lot. So I think that's one step. And yeah, I think that it needs to be talked about more and realized as a movement. I totally agree. And uh, I think if a band like us wins, then I definitely think a band like Vane's going to win. Yeah, not you know? so, I mean, yeah. I think it kind of, yeah, and I, th I think it kind of, kind of will, kind of goes that way. Not to say that they're anything but great because they're they're amazing. I uh, love. Uh, I know them actually really well, no. and I was I was able to hear a lot of their, uh, you know, all the all of their records two years before it came out, and it turned out exactly how they sent it to me then. So I know that they're you know they're they're very special. So yeah, but I mean, I think that everybody, if everyone can get on board, I think that would be uh, definitely instrumental moving forward. I think the older bands have to bring those bands up like us and those other bands, and some of them definitely do in in a certain way. But I think in nowadays they really need to. Like they really need to call, you know, attention to it as as being something more than it is, and uh, more than it maybe it seems on the surface to a lot of people. So people understand it. So people understand that narrative. And then at the end of the day, we all just got to be great, which I think everyone is, and I think I know we are. So absolutely, you know. that cosign you said it is very important. I know System of a Down, Dillinger, they're, they're putting you out there. That's very important for the growth of our scene. We mentioned you know bands like Every Time I Die, who've done that with Knocked Loose yeah. and other bands like they're it's super yeah, important, have, yeah. but you did say what I, uh, what I really think is vital is that I, d I would see four bands and I'd like one of them. Oh, I, let's just say Godsmack, Static X, Fear Factory, and Soulfly. They're all yeah. kind of on the same level, but not back then, but I'd see them all together, yeah. right? And you're right. You'd walk yeah. away, but you'd experience all of them, right? And so yes. like, if you did have a tour with like you guys, Power Trip, Vane, Knocked Loose. I'm just making yeah. up bands, but all these bands that... Turn, turn style, too. Turn style. Yeah, oh, yeah they're, they're awesome. But yeah. yeah, you put that together, yeah. man. World. Who doesn't want to see that? The old and the young. Well, I, I'll sit in the back. I'll, I'll let you guys do the moshing. I'm not at a mosh retirement. Hey. I'll still mosh yeah. during a couple songs, but I'm just saying, not all five. I, I couldn't <laughs> agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more, especially now that I feel like we have done our duty artistically. We are going to bring... I think I think we're gonna bring a really important record to the table next week here, mm -hmm. and so I think we're we're doing our job on that front. So yeah, I think things things got to happen on the other side for sure. Excellent, man. So with that, Jamie, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I just I just crossed my thirty minute mark. I did see, so I want to tell everybody one more time, guys. Pre order underneath. It's coming out March thirteenth. As he said, it's going to be next Friday. Uh, this Friday is a, the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth, guys. So make sure you guys are picking up 
underneath pre-order it trust me it's another thing that i think is such a great thing about you guys is that you can virtually perform with hardcore bands punk rock bands uh heavy metal bands death metal bands that's something a lot of the younger bands can do so it's great we just have to have the audience to uh to, to fill in great. the seats my man so, and, and and for a band like us i don't think that there's necessarily a group that's going to directly go from this band, you know, whatever big metal band, right to us because and that and even some of the other bands you mentioned, it might be easier in that regard because they play some of them play, you know, maybe even like a power trip or whatever. They mm-hmm. play a specific style. They do an amazing fucking job at. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like for our band, we're gonna need to pull from a lot of different groups to create that group because there's always gonna be people who like this part but don't like that part. So that's why we have to be in all those different environments. And I think we can fit in in all of them, you know, whether it's Coachella, WWE, or doing shit for you know, Mafia and Injury Reserve, or doing Slipknot, which we're going to do in June. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we could, do all, we could do all that. Absolutely, man. But yeah, you said it. You guys can play with Gate Creeper. You can play with Power Trip. They, they have a, 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 a genre sure. base in there. But the fact of the matter yeah. is, is that the live show that you guys bring, and you know it, you know, you know what the live show is that you bring. That's what's going to grab oh, them, yeah. all those fans. So, man, with that, Jamie, yeah. always a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks Thank podcast. you very much, man. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
are back, guys. First song you heard is off the new record, Underneath. It's coming out March 13th. That's this Friday, guys. Pre-order it. Make sure you check it out. Fantastic record. The first track is Swallowing the Rabbit Hole for you old school fans. Last track you just heard is called Underneath. Check out both videos. They, they outdid themselves visually on these two. Fantastic promotional thing going behind this record, guys. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there one more time for the five-star reviews we keep popping up and seeing on iTunes, guys. And all the emails. I know we don't read a lot on the show, and I just write you guys back, but it's still a blast. I seriously get to talk to you guys every single week. So if you got some comments on the show to nix that stupid news thing that Brandon did, rise to offend at gmail.com no. is, our com- is, is our email address. Somebody guys. has something to say about that. Who are we talking about? The whole thing. You're getting the whole thing. Someone died? Give me the fucking news, you stupid bitch. <laughs> and he pointed at me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I, I love the fact that you're proud of creating something. Oh, my God, dude. I'm sorry. I feel... It, uh, well, how do you not be proud of creating I feel like, that? I feel like Dead Mouse. I bet, I bet he can play that live. Yeah. You want him to open for you, Sylvia? Yes. Sure. yes. I, can't, yes. I can't play and sing, so I don't know how I'm going to do He's not going anywhere. We'll the coronavirus is out coronavirus, there. right, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's canceled. God knows I'm already probably dying from the inside. Oh, boy. And so with that, guys, I also want to thank everybody for checking out our documentary podcast, Rise to Offend. It is out there um, on all the platforms. All the five-star reviews you guys are giving to that. All the episodes you guys have been writing us on that. Thank you so much. With that, we will talk to you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.